Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk to family and friends about favorite movies from their childhood. Um, I'll turn it over to Eleanor to talk about our guest and our movie. So our guest today is Jess Reber, who is visiting Los Angeles from Chicago. So once again, we're really bridging the gap between Los Angeles and Chicago as much as possible. Um, She is in town until later this week, but tomorrow she gets to go to, like, a weird corporate cult thing, is what I'm going to refer to it as. But corporate cult. Uh, corporate cult. But so far, she's experienced the Hollywood Bowl and the beach, and most importantly, the Korean spa. So, Jess, tell us a little bit about you. Um, my name is Jess. I live in Chicago. I'm originally from the East Coast, and today I'm on the West Coast. And the only thing we have not done in L.A. so far is see a celebrity. So we are currently hot on the celebrity sighting trail. And we will keep you posted. Oh, yeah. So we are specifically for this sighting purpose. Right. Um, I hope, I wish you guys luck. I've always had luck there. It's true. She has. Do you like how that was the first thing Annie asked, too, when we texted her where we were? Yes. Okay. But then just the movie you have selected, which we'll get to in a second, is... The Emperor's New Groove. All right, so that will be the focus of our podcast. But first of all, the question we need to ask our friends and family, our guests, is what would be your pop culture news item most exciting thing of the week? Um... So I'm a pretty big Taylor Swift fan, which I know is a controversial opinion, but <laughs> she's only a year older than me, so I've grown up with her. I think she's she's phenomenal, so it was a pretty big deal that, you know, in the last last week she's dropped two new songs, been, been waiting long for that long time for that, so. 1989, the album, not the year, was a long time ago. Exactly. Agreed. So we've been waiting for this for a while. She's been in hiding, and I'm just glad that she's back. Good. Yeah. R.I.P. The old Taylor is dead. Eleanor? She can't come to the country now. Ugh. But I would say... Gross. I'm sorry. I hate that song. But but what I did appreciate about Jess explaining her thoughts and feelings about these new songs, and presumably what will be forthcoming of the album, is that we have to, like, rethink about it and possibly reframe it as a workout album. And I think that's a healthy visualization. Yep. Okay. I don't know. I think she she's she's added another another element of life that you now have a soundtrack for. So, you know, it's all good. It's all positive. Mm-hmm. Okay. For me, I was fortunate enough to see Hamilton for a second time yesterday with the touring cast in Los Angeles, and again, it was shocking how blown away I was. And especially because like I know the music by heart and I'd seen it before and I you know, like, fangirled real hard. But there is something to be said about, like, seeing it live. And just that second act is so profound. And the woman who played Eliza in this cast, I didn't realize until after the fact that I had seen last summer at the Hollywood Bowl. She she was 21 last summer, so she must be just 22, 23 now. And when I saw her play Maria in West Side Story, she had graduated from University of Michigan, like, three weeks prior. Gustavo Dudamel had found her on YouTube, and he was like, that's my Maria, and then it was just really cool, because she was outstanding as Eliza. Oh, good. Yeah, it wasn't even just the voice, which was, like, really deep and rich, but, like, 
from what I've seen of clips of Philip So, and then I really enjoyed the girl in Chicago, but it seemed as if Solea in Los Angeles had the best, I would say, complete performance in terms of, like, singing and acting. Okay. I thought the girl in Chicago was really good. She was really good in the first act. I would say she was good all around, but, you know, whatever. You're just, like, a Hamilton connoisseur now, so it's fine. One could say snob. Yeah, you are a Hamilton snob. It's fine. I'll call you out on it. Um, So my favorite pop culture thing of the week. Oh, I mean, this is, like, not really pop culture, but it was one of my favorite things of the week. Um, I had a student, a former student, give me a Wonder Woman cape. Uh, over the summer, and one of my students, a little girl, asked me Friday afternoon if I could put it on, and I was like, yeah, of course, like, that's a great idea. I've survived two weeks of school. I should get to wear the Wonder Woman cape. So I wore it for, like, the end of the day in dismissal, and it just made me feel really good about myself. I was like, I'm kind of awesome. Okay. Annie feels very strongly about Wonder Woman. That does sound like a pretty awesome. I mean, it's a great movie. I Phenomenal. love Wonder Woman. So far, without a doubt, totally. This was a conversation I had with someone recently. I do think, oh, I think on Saturday at dinner, I do think Gal Gadot will at least get a Golden Globe nomination for sure. I hope so. I really hope so. She deserves it. There's been little out this year so far. All right, so now, Jess, can you please explain to us the plot of Emperor's New Groove and then why you selected this film? Yep, so The Emperor's New Groove is, I feel like it's like a little bit under the radar kind of Disney animated movie, and it's about a prince of kind of like a Central American kingdom, and he's very selfish and self-centered, and he also happens to have a royal advisor named Yzma who wants to kill him because she wants to take over his throne, Um, but in his selfishness, he is trying to build a water slide for his birthday. Cuscotopia. Exactly. Complete with water slide. Um, <laughs> on top of a mountain where a bunch of peasants are living. So, after this peasant about taking over his village to build Cuscotopia, but kind of also at the same time, Isla, his evil advisor, is trying to kill him. Uh, she accidentally gives him a poison that turns him into a llama. You know, then they kind of go on all these adventures where she tries to actually find him and kill him. He's, you know, still being selfish. The peasant's trying to convince him not to do Kuzgotopia. And all the while, he's trying to turn it into not a llama. So, yeah. it's a good movie. It is. It is a really good movie. I would agree. Um, yeah, so I have to say that one of my favorite characters in this movie, possibly my favorite character, is Kronk. I think that he is a hilarious Indeed. character. And, um, yes. I, it makes spinach puff. yes, yes, just knows the movie by heart and has been like really good throughout the day about putting elements of it into conversation. I do. I do know almost the entire movie somehow. That's really, really incredible. I mean, I always sing the, um, birthday song they sing in that fake. Yep. Happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. We wish it was our birthday so we could party too. Hey! Yeah, it's like so <laughs> funny. Yes. 
I think everyone has the part that they do kind of like put into like daily life. I know for me, it's like, I'll put that box into another box. I'll put that box into another box. I'll put that box into another box. And then I'll smash that box with a hammer. Or, or to save on postage, I'll just poison, poison him with, with this. this. <laughs> yep. And then there's also a part where there's like this like kind of weird guard. And he's like, for the last time, I did not order a giant trampoline. <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many daily events in life that really applies to and can be used. Right. Well, I, okay, so I do kind of appreciate that you said that this movie flies under the radar, but I think that that's yes. almost a misconception because I think that you would talk to anyone from our childhood and they do know this movie. I just think it's not one of those, like, kind of formative Disney movies like Pocahontas yeah. or whatever. And so we don't think of it, but everyone has seen it. Like, everyone. It's true. A lot of people have seen it, but for some reason it's not, I mean, it's not a Lion King, it's not Aladdin, when you think of classic right. Disney movies, it's not there. It doesn't, you go to Disney World, it doesn't yeah. have its own ride. It doesn't, and it usually could, but it doesn't lead to adult Halloween costumes, or child Halloween costumes, per se. Well, because I it's hard. It, well, it also does not really have music. I mean, there's two songs. There's one by Rascal Flatts where Walk it's like... Walk the Llama Llama. Walk the Llama Llama, which there's I definitely... There's a dance. Yeah, it's, it's a bonus feature in the Deluxe DVD set. And then there's also My Funny Friend and Me by Sting, which was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song. Wow. I didn't actually know that, and I knew a lot about this movie. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Hashtag Sting. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's very interesting. But yeah, when most people think about classic animated Disney movies, it's just, it's not one that gets named, unfortunately, even though it's extremely quotable. Yeah. And again, I do think that, like, almost everyone our age has seen it. Like, I don't think that that's you know, far-fetched, you know? It's like everyone has seen this movie. Or maybe it's just people we know, because we only know the best people. We should sure. create a poll on our Facebook page about whether or not people have seen this movie. Let's- Okay, do you know how to do that? Yeah, I think I do. I'm gonna do it. These are the things that are important. Um, Okay. If you can, do you remember the first context in which you watched this film? Was it in the theaters? Was it on home video? I think... So, I don't know, for whatever reason, we grew up, my mom was, like, not into buying DVDs. Like, we just, like, were not a family that had a big DVD collection. For whatever reason, I think for Christmas, I got the deluxe DVD set of The Emperor's New Groove. Because it looked good. Nice, animated, innocent movie about a llama. And, yeah, ever since then, I watched it a lot. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was fun to quote. I had a really good friend growing up obsessed with the movies, so we would watch it, like, Anytime we were, like, in a road trip or going anywhere together. And then we'd recite it every time we were together. So I think that kind of, that's kind of how my, my passion for this movie evolved. Yeah, I would say I remember very explicitly being upset because I was at my friend Bridget Dempsey's house when my family went to go see this movie in theaters without me, and I was, like, hurt. Did we do that? Are you I'm, sure? I'm 100% sure. All that matters is that you've since seen it and made up for for the lost time. I know. There's, like, a couple movies like that that I'm really upset by. Because I remember I was visiting Aunt Sheila in Missouri when you guys went to go see Mask of Zorro in theaters. And I was, like, pissed. And I, like, didn't really under the con. I still sometimes have 
FOMO where it's like I can't know what's happening elsewhere because like I get very angry that I'm not included even though like I'm doing cool things at the same time that's like interesting I mean well I mean like it's even like last night like Hamilton was outstanding and I was like uh and everyone like everyone else that I'm with is like at the Hollywood Bowl and I'm like wow I mean I still chose I would always choose mine but like at the same time I do love me some Hollywood Bowl yeah, what were we, they doing? We, uh, we saw John Williams conduct an orchestra that played a lot of the big hits he wrote. Um, it was pretty magical. Pretty good setting. That does sound awesome. And they, you know, so you know how you had um, Vin Scully read about Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. Jess had Kobe Bryant narrate his animated poem. Yeah, which was which was an interesting turn of events. Um, Wait, what does that even mean? Yeah, apparently Kobe Bryant, upon retiring, wrote a poem about how much he loved basketball, and he wanted it turned into an animated short. And he happens to be friends with John Williams, so John Williams wrote the score for it. He got some famous Disney animator to animate it, and as part of the concert, they decided to show the short. He came on stage, he narrated it, and John Williams conducted the piece he wrote for it. Wait, stop. That is, like, actually so funny. It was a pretty, pretty unexpected turn of events. You know, you go from Harry Potter and, you know, Star Wars, people are waving lightsabers around, and then all of a sudden, Kobe Bryant's up on stage talking about his friendship with John Williams. That's it. How did they become friends? Did they tell you? Um, yeah, John Williams said that he just got a call three years ago, and someone asked if he wanted to eat lunch with Kobe Bryant, so he said yes. And I bet that it was a pretty funny lunch. I also yeah. want to know where they ate. I also want to know what they talked lunch. about. Yeah, and I guess they've been friends ever since. I mean, I had, like, brief interactions with John Williams at an event I worked at a year ago. And he seemed very chill and grandfatherly. And I feel like the type of human is true. This is where we're at. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so let's get back to Emperor's New Groove. So, okay, Kronk, my favorite part with Kronk. Can we talk about our favorite parts with our favorite characters? Of course. Okay, my favorite part with Kronk, and it's something I say pretty, like, often is squeak, squeaker, squeak, squeakity. And, like, when he's talking it, like... <laughs> the chipmunks or the squirrels, like, I just lose my mind. I think that's so funny to see this, like, big, like, muscular, kind of, like, meathead dude, like, teaching these kids how to speak with animals. And at animals, it was actually, you know, squirrels. Sweet squeakers. Yep. Sweet squeakers. And then at the, at the end, uh, you smell holes acorn and she's like squeaking <laughs> it's so funny I mean sometimes I feel like as a teacher like that is what I'm doing you know I'm like doing something crazy like that like trying to teach kids to talk to squirrels yeah I also like throughout the movie he has like the the angel and the devil on his yes and there's one point where um I don't know the angel has like all these reasons he should do do the good decision and the devil's like sure but look what I can do. He starts doing a one-handed push-up, 
and he's like, but what does that have to do with anything? And Angel's like, no, no, he has a point. (laughs) I know, that is very funny. Everything about it is funny. Exactly. Like, great. The other thing, too, is like, so many movies nowadays, I feel like their plot is recycled from something else, you know, like, I love a good superhero movie. Obviously, I love Wonder Woman, but I'm a little bit sick of, like, them just assuming a superhero movie will, will do well, and it's they're all kind of the same plot. But, like, this movie, The Emperor's New Group, there's really no other movies about being turned into a llama. And it's just so crazy. It is so crazy. It's kind of weird that it's set in South America. I understand that based on the llama point of view, but it's, like, you look at the voice cast, and... It's David Spade. Who is a great choice for the llama. John Goodman, right? Yep. And then the, also the woman from Just Shoot Me, who was also in Hot in Cleveland. I don't know her name. Just Shoot Me was a great show. Yeah, it really was. Um, and then who is the voice of Yzma? She also... I, Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt. I'm not as good with the celebrity names as you are. I try. And so it's the idea, I wonder, like, if, if they were to do it today, though, it's kind of weird to do, like, something set, presumably in Peru, with no characters of Latin American descent. Yes. Also, Annie, you be blowing up. What What's happening on your end? No, it's just that my phone is near my computer for the first time in three days, and so it's, like, syncing, and I've actually already gotten all these messages, but they're, like, showing up on my computer now. She's just too popular is all I heard. Yeah. No. I'm like tired, which won't surprise any of our listeners and or Eleanor because it's 8 p.m. Chicago time, which is my witching hour. Um, You've been at a spa for five hours today, so I think we're relatively rested. We're like, the, I'm like pretty much like the most chill I've ever been. Well, Jess, you and I will have to go to Korean spa. (laughs) Yeah, Jess really has, like, embraced the California bohemian lifestyle. The spa today was different than what previous spas I'd been to. For a majority of it, you dress like you're in summer camp. Yep. What do you mean? Shorts and large large yellow t-shirts. And everyone looks the same. It's it's honestly sometimes not unlike jail, but also very heavenly. You have something on your wrist that like tracks your movement, and it has a number. And that's, that's the only Did you guys go to a spa or a prison? I'm like, there's no windows. You lose sense of time. <laughs> okay. No, everything about this now Maybe scares me. We go back to Chicago. I feel like you guys yeah. like actually went to a cult, like. But it's like a cult with like nice Korean families and really beautiful children. <laughs> so maybe it's a cult you want to join is that what you're saying yeah yeah I mean I didn't hate it it was just you know observations I had it was an ex- it's an experience it really is okay well okay let's get back to this movie um no I mean we, we need to for our listeners we need to stay on topic you know always always so okay I do think we have to talk for a minute about the fact that, Eleanor, you mentioned it, but most of this voice cast, or at least 
some key members of this voice cast were in that show, Don't Shoot Me, which was definitely not a children's show. Like, from memory of sneaking, sneakily watching it when our parents were out of the room, it seemed to be pretty risque, if I do recall. It was. And David Spade's character was a womanizer who had lots of sex with lots of different women, but was actually in love. like a lot of sitcoms. Yes. This is true. <laughs> but he was like the Joey character, right? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, kind of like the lovable idiot. He's like in between Joey and Barney, I feel like. I was going to say the exact same thing. Interesting. Yes. Great minds thinking alike. Yes. So, question. Did this, for you guys, do you think this movie made you want to go to South America, or has it? Has it had any, like, lasting, other than being extremely quotable and funny, has it had any lasting pull on your imagination? I mean, I do want to go to South America, probably not because of this movie. I mean, a lot of the movie has, like, magic, you know, I mean, he's being turned into a llama, so I think, like, and it's it's not like you know 3D Pixar animation. It's it's more of like Lion King style animation. I don't know the technical terms for that. Um, so I wouldn't say a lot of it is like you know beautiful realistic landscapes that you're like inspired to go travel to the place. Um, but as an aside, yes, I do want to go to South America. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't really describe much about animals beyond even the llama. There's the panthers, uh, and all the squirrels and woodland creatures, and then there's a scene where panthers almost kill them. That's how they end up being strapped to a tree and creating down a raging river of death. <laughs> but yes. panthers, but the panthers are not presented in a way that's like, dang, I really want to go find some panthers. It's true. They're it's very not like terrifying. Circle of Life where you're like, I want to see all these animals. Like all three of us did at different times on safari in South Africa. Yes. Also, as a fun fact today, we learned that the words panther, cougar, no, like, wait, and wait, no, mountain lion, I think, all describe the same thing. Yeah. Not panther, isn't it? Panther. No, panther was one of them. There's black panthers, but then just the generic panther is the same as a cougar and a puma. That's crazy. According to Google. That's crazy. Yep. Interesting. I trust Google. The big cat world. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. I actually would say that this movie did make me want to go to South America. I've never really felt a big pull to go to South America, though. I'll be completely upfront about that. Eleanor and I went for the first time a couple years ago, and I had a good time, but there was just, like, never been a big pull. But I would like to go to Machu Picchu, and I would like to go to, the like, Chile and, like, go up in the mountains and, like, see these things because... Kind of in the in the same vein as Mulan. Like at the beginning of Mulan, they're drawing the mountains, and I remember being a child and being like, "There are there is no way the mountains in China look like that." But then you go to China, and the mountains in China do look like that. Like it's magical and unbelievable. So I kind of want to see if the Emperor's New Groove that, does the same. But I don't think I think even in terms of Disney, that doesn't. The movie then to see would be the Three Caballeros. Okay, but okay. Question for you guys: Why do we think that Disney didn't put as much marketing or as much money into this movie as into other movies? Because I mean, even today, like even at their parks, they've put in so much money to Frozen, but like not into Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, I would argue that to the point where. 
where even though Moana is the most recent movie, they can't find Moana balloons. It made, it made the Polynesian Islands look beautiful. Agreed. Yeah. I'm a girl who loves her island. I'm the girl who loves the sea. Okay. Also, just so no one can see us, but we just had to move because, granted, we are in a public spot, but we were going to be like witnesses or active participants in a breakup and so we figured it best to shift wait no i love public breakups can you guys go back so i can listen in it's like my favorite thing it's like two guys who have matching hair colors oh dang i mean matching hair colors it's like silver but not like old silver like they dyed it silver purposely and they're gone now so they may have resolved their differences it doesn't look like it but they're walking away together. They've sensed our departure. Yeah, they were like, mm, you know, we're being super awkward. We should get into a car and do this. Wait, I love every bit of this. I just want to follow them. I want you guys to follow them. But we're still looking for celebrities. They're also, like, walking in the middle of the street, which I'm not on board with. Yeah. You guys should just find Mindy and hang out with her. That's really what okay, should happen. That's always been our goal. You know this to be true. We're trying. I do. Okay, so let's finish off our discussion of the Emperor's New Groove with our finishing question. Do we think kids today should see this movie and why? Absolutely. 100%. One, I think it's really unique. Two, I think it's really quotable. Three, I think it's funny. Four, I think David Spade is a really good voice of an animated character. And five, I think it has some really important lessons about not being selfish and you never know when you're going to need the person that you didn't realize you needed their help. Mm. Like Pacha. Yes. Okay. Eleanor? For this movie, I would say it really doesn't have... I, I love it. I don't think it has much more merit than like being entertaining. And that's fine. There's a place in life for just being entertaining. Right. It's pretty wholesome. It's, yeah. It's inoffensive. Yes. So, I mean, I actually have shown this movie to students, and what I like about it is it's usually a movie that they haven't seen, so they're, like, into it. Like, they... Sorry? She's negating. Her... You're negating See? yourself. Most people haven't seen it. Oh, no, no, like, I would say little kids haven't seen it. I think kids, people our age have seen it. I'm saying, like, the okay. youth of today, I don't think many of them have seen it, but they do find it engaging, well, and they do sure find it the funny. generations of America have seen Right, we have to make sure that it's an ongoing love affair with the Emperor's New Groove. Um, it's true. Yeah, and then, okay, so I would definitely show it. I do think it's funny. I do think it's engaging. I do think, even though, as we've mentioned, it doesn't show much of a different culture, it does present the idea of, like, a South American Disney movie, which there are not many, if any, other than this one. So. Coco is on its way out. That's Mexico. But that's Mexico. Uh, Central, Central South America, similar. Yeah. Region. I'm excited I'm for Coco. Coco. I don't really know what it's about, but I will obviously see it. Okay. okay well, also, you can get an idea about it because the trailer's out. I mean, I've, I've watched it. I just, like, don't understand it. Because you haven't visited the Land of the Dead? Yeah. Okay, Eleanor. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Um, mm-hmm. 
by discussing where in the world we would go right now. Should we be able to go anywhere? Uh, let's see. I want to spend more time in, like, southwestern United States. We did a trip to, like, the Korean Canyon and stuff when I was little, but I didn't like hiking at that point. And after, I went to South Africa this year, which was incredible. But I feel like whenever I study or, like, travel abroad, then I'm like, okay, there's still a lot of places in our own country that are really spectacular that I haven't seen. So I feel like Southwest United States is one of those areas. Definitely. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to the Grand Canyon, but right now it's been, like, circling for me. I really want to go to Poland. Really? Yeah, I do. Eleanor, maybe we should do that. Um, okay. And then if I could go anywhere right now, this is a pretty frequent one for me. I think I'd go to New Zealand. Um, I can do very little right now physically in my life, but I can hike and walk, and I feel like that's a good thing to do in New Zealand. So... Alternatively, I would argue that there's better places to go because when you're in New Zealand, you get this, like, strong urge to, like, jump out of planes and then, like, bungee jump or, like, roll down a hill in a ball and you would need your full back in order to do those things. Oh, okay. Well. I think New Zealand is great for everything. It's it's a really beautiful place. I definitely want to go. Like, for real. I need to see it soon. Anyway. Okay, well, this has been lovely. You guys rock. Thanks. I hope. That's nice of you. Jess, thank you so much for coming on. And listeners, you can find us on most of the... the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, which we're not great at. And you're going to put a poll on soon, right? We're going to put a poll on Facebook. Yeah. What was the poll? Do you remember any? Whether or not you've seen The Emperor's New Groove. Cool. Perfect. Because I'm a little bit droozy is the word I came up with earlier. We were, like, in this one hot tub, and I was, like, way too out of it, and I was, like, super drooze. So it's not drowsy, it's droozy, like... Yeah, Annie, I was, like... between droopy, drowsy, (laughs) and woozy. Yeah, I was, like... It was, like, to the point where, like, I needed to leave the hot tub because I might have passed out. So that was a big part of it. Okay. We all live to tell the tale. Interesting. I like it. Okay, well, I will let you guys go. I hope you guys have a celebrity sighting. Goodbye, dear listeners. See ya!